This is the Unlimited Unloaded page. And we're back. Sorry that we were gone. We were gone on Wednesday. I was physically able to do the show, but it would have sounded terrible because of a head cold that I had, and it would have just been a stuffy-sounding mess. But you can probably tell I'm still getting over it, but I feel great compared to how I felt just a couple days ago. And the good news for this program is that I'll be able to be back on campus next week and do some more interviews in person. That's the whole idea of the summer version of Bulls Beat to get on the campus and whoever's there. And believe me, there are a lot of workouts going on, football, not practices, but workouts, women's basketball. Definitely want to meet up with some of the new members. Had a chance to talk to a former women's basketball standout. We'll get into that here in a little bit. Yesterday on Instagram Live, hopefully you check that out. If you didn't, we'll tee up for the next time. In fact, tell you how you can go back and watch it. But since we last left you, a lot has happened. A lot of positive news, and we'll sum it all up for you here. But we'll start off with something that happened pretty recently. In fact, late last night in Eugene, Oregon, we'll tell you how the members of the women's track and field team did at the NCAA finals meet. One individual for USF left going. That is Romaine Beckford in the high jump today. And again, the women all competed yesterday and finished up their seasons. In fact, in the entire conference, just a few individuals and one team still going, that team being East Carolina in the Super Regionals. We'll give you some news at the end of the hour with Around the American. Yes, I realize my voice still sounds sick, but trust me, I'm feeling great and was actually checking out late last night because we were watching Tampa Bay Lightning as well. Here's a plug, hopefully. I know you have USF Bulls Unlimited and Bulls Unlimited 2 programmed on your iHeart app, but hopefully you also have Lightning Power Play punched in. I would spend some time on Friday listening back to that game last night because that was incredible. It's funny, though, because I was thinking about it. If you didn't care about the Lightning or the Rangers, was that game necessarily a dramatic game? Yes and no. I mean, it was 0-0 for a while, as we know. There were chances for the Bolts to score hitting the post a couple times. And, you know, 1-1 and not truly a bunch of offensive action. So from a neutral standpoint, maybe it wasn't exciting. But, of course, for you and me, if you're a Lightning fan, it was just as dramatic as it gets. And I was already preparing myself for a loss, frankly, and hopefully take it to Game 7 and roll the dice then. But now the Bolts have a chance to win it at home. But yes, check out Lightning Power Play. And here's a little inside information if you didn't know it. Basically, we are sister stations with them. It's all owned by the uh, Jeff Vinnick Corporation. You probably know that the Vinnick Sports Group has little to do with the broadcasting arm and the Yingling Center and all that kind of thing. So we're all a big family, truly, not just on the rooting for each other level. And hopefully you saw some of my tweets on Thursday night, some former Bulls football players, Mitchell Wilcox having some fun at the Rangers' expense, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling just going ahead and tweeting out three lightning bolts. Still cool, even though we know that they're, you know, Tampa kids to see big-time professional football players still living and dying with the bolts. And that was certainly the case on Thursday night. While that was happening, the USF season was starting to wrap up officially with three members of the women's track and field team competing at the highest level. And now we know where they rank among the country and near the top 20. In fact, to have three in the top 20 in the entire country is pretty cool. That's exactly where the Bulls all ended up. Just missing All-American status was one of them. If you make it to the finals, so top eight in a sprint or hurdle event, you're considered a first-team All-American. And then if you finish ninth through 16th, you are a second-team All-American. And just finishing 17th in the field was Sonique Walker, the transfer from 
Texas, the junior. She actually took part in the third heat, finished fourth out of the eight in it. 58.42 seconds. 16th place was 58.08, so at least it wasn't one of those situations where, you know, she was a thousandth of a second off from being in the top 16. They had three heats with eight runners in each, and basically the top nine all end up making the finals. Anna Hall, a sophomore from Florida, had the fastest time of 54.48 seconds. In fact, right behind her, the winner of a different heat was Arkansas's Britton Wilson, 54.72. Then it jumped about three quarters of a second to the next fastest time, and just shows you the levels. Obviously, Sonique Walker is at a high level, and then you have some that are, you know, running Olympic medal-winning times, or at least threatening that kind of thing. Still great to see Sonique, a delightful young lady, finish up her season in such a strong fashion. The other hurdler for the Bulls was Shani Davila. She ends up 20th in the country, 13.31 seconds. And just to show you how close of a margin we're talking about, I mentioned the top nine end up making the final race. And this was the 100 hurdles where Rainia Jones of UCF, by the way, did finish top nine. She and the ninth-place finisher, Destiny Rocker of South Carolina, were both listed at 12.95. They had to actually break it down past two decimal points. So I guess Jones is technically the eighth seed for the final and Rocker the ninth. So they finished 12.95, and you had Shaney Davila 13.31, so less than four-tenths of a second separated ninth from 20th in that event. Aaliyah Armstrong was way at the top from LSU. So 20th place was also where Shania Benjamin happened to finish. The sophomore from Alonzo High School jumped 19 feet, four and a quarter inches. That's right on 20th in the long jump. Jasmine Moore of Florida wins the championship in that event with a jump of 22 feet, three quarters inches. So that wraps up the season for women's track and field. And today will be the Last male athlete, in fact, the last student athlete from USF officially competing in the 2021-2022 season. And frankly, based on his ranking, expected to give them the best finish, that is Romain Beckford. He is ranked among the top five in the country in the high jump. He will be competing Friday afternoon at 5.30, and ESPN has been doing a great job of televising this event, so you'll have a chance to see that perhaps live if he gets down into that final height wishing him the best of luck. So a lot has happened since we did the show on Monday, and I don't know if we should go in reverse chronological order. We'll probably just skip around, but since Shane McClanahan was doing his thing yesterday, we definitely want to acknowledge the former Bull who did something for the Tampa Bay Rays that he never did for the USF Bulls, which is pitch eight innings, even in the no-hitter he pitched against Army a few years ago. Shane McClanahan pitched the first six innings, as I recall. I think it was Carson Ragsdale going the last three. Definitely could have gone nine innings yesterday, only through 90 pitches, and is starting to stake his claim as the best pitcher in baseball. Shane McClanahan is going to get a lot of votes come Cy Young time. Is that not incredible? It's probably hoping for a little bit too much for him to win the Cy Young, but the point is he is dazzling. In fact, yesterday, St. Louis Cardinals, pretty rabid Twitter account, like a fan page, even just actually tweeted out a one-sentence message like this is just a tip your cap day Shane McClanahan is unreal and that's what the diehard Cardinals fans were saying after watching that he could have gone a ninth inning but they went ahead and went to the pen and an hour and 54 minutes yeah just by a minute the second shortest game in Rays history and his ERA since it was an unearned run 
goes to 187. Switching to softball, and what would a Bulls beat show these days be without something about Georgina Corrick? COSIDA, which stands for College Sports Information Directors of America, whose job it is to, as you might guess, provide information as to the successful student-athletes, make sure their stories are out there, and anyone who's doing a great job academically as well is going to get praised, and Georgina Cork is certainly in that category. But this is even next level for her. Again, for the third time, named a COSIDA Academic All-American, but also the Academic All-America of the Year in the sport. So she is the top student athlete, essentially, in Division I softball. What a tremendous honor for her. Graduated with her bachelor's in marine biology with minors in psychology and environmental policy last year. If you had to go usfbulls.com, I can't possibly go down this list because it would, you know, take up the whole show. But it actually does, and I think, and speaking of SID, Sports Information Directors, Dan Hamilton, I know is responsible for this. He's basically been putting it at the bottom of every story about Georgina Corrick, the list of all the records she has broken or tied when it comes to the school and or the conference, a total of 39. And by the way, she is not done. We told you about this new professional softball league called Athletes Unlimited. They've actually kind of condensed it to AUX Unlimited. If you want to follow them on Twitter, it's AU Pro Sports. They announced their league roster. And again, this is going to be different. But the cool thing is, it's going to be on ESPNU Monday night in San Diego. And again, there's not teams per se in this conference. There's about four dozen players, and they will get each week redrafted and turned into four teams. I guess they'll name the teams by color or whatever. Anyway, Georgina Corrick is one of the players in this league, which contains a lot of familiar names. We'll talk more about it on Monday. We'll see how she does. Remember, she had her last game potentially in college curtailed due to a back injury. So I don't know if she'll be at full strength, but the point is she'll be in San Diego. That's not a bad place to start off your professional career. And again, she won't be playing for a team perpetually. This is just a summer league that's going to play out over the course of four weeks on the campus of San Diego State. And I love the fact that ESPN, smartly, is continuing to keep softball in the public eye. They had a lot of eyes on the College World Series, which was wrapped up last night by Oklahoma. I was actually surprised that Texas you know, didn't get run-rolled in both games. That's how great Oklahoma is. That's nothing against Texas. 10-5 to 5 ended up being the final score of the Sooners, the number one team all year long, deservedly so, the national champions. We just talked about someone who's very good in the classroom, in Georgina Corrick. Go to GoUSFBulls.com for all the numbers as the GPA for the spring semester was released a 15th straight with all the sports teams from USF getting a cumulative at least three GPA. How about the women's sports, the cumulative GPA of 343? You know, that does not surprise me because every time I speak to anybody from, well, men's and women's, but just jumping out at me, some of the female student athletes I've spoken to, they're just incredible. The leader, the women's golf team, again, not surprising, at a 3.83 spring GPA and the leader on the men's side. And again, having talked to those individuals, not surprising, happened to be men's golf as well. 365. If you had to go usfbulls.com, you can get all of those numbers, positive ones for sure. Men's golf, one of the teams with a new addition as far as a future bowl getting announced. Some changes with the women's basketball staff to a positive effect. More national recognition given to 
some big staff members. We've got a lot of cool things to tell you about. And yeah, if you missed it yesterday, something that we tried for the first time on Instagram, and I think it went pretty well, and well, it involves the women's basketball team. Plenty left here on the program when we come back. Stay tuned. This is Bulls Beat. Thanks for stopping by the Unlimited Unloaded page. Tell you what, even though we did not have anything on air, just a few stray Bulls reports here and there with some news since Monday, (laughs) I had plenty to do. None of it involved talking, fortunately, until Thursday afternoon, more on that in a second, but just stuff that we don't have time to do during the regular season, getting all of the audio organized, and it is funny going back like stuff that's on my laptop, you know, full games from, you know, 2019 volleyball that probably could be cleared off my laptop. But some of the highlights from some of the games and some of the moments that not only I got to remember and kind of even though they were several years old, flash back the memories of all the good stuff that we brought you here on our channels, but also gave me ideas on what to bring back. And as a matter of fact, with this weekend, East Carolina and all it's being made of the environment that is Greenville for baseball going up against Texas in the Super Regional. It reminded me of the last time that the Bulls won in Greenville, and it was kind of a crazy game. We'll probably drop that in at some point this weekend. Again, we do not have live programming, so to speak, now anyway, with the exception of Bulls Beat Early Afternoons on the second channel, Bulls Unlimited 2, but we definitely have it to use. And, for example, the other day when we realized that it had been a year ago to the day that the Bulls won the Gainesville Super Regional, boom, we threw that game up on Bulls Unlimited 2 so you could hear it. So keep an eye on my Twitter page, at Derek Sharp, D-A-R-E-K, S-H-A-R-P, and the station's Twitter page, at Bulls Unlimited, for those quote-unquote pop-up broadcasts. We'll be doing a lot more of that kind of thing with the second channel. But even some stuff that, you know, again, I didn't think I would ever think of again. For example, this past year in men's soccer, we had three exhibition games, and there was one particular game where basically the Bulls had a 3 nothing lead against St. Leo, and the second group kind of gave up the lead. It ended up being 3-3. Three to three. It turned out to be kind of a instrumental switch in the preseason because Bob Butehorn, the head coach of men's soccer, made the team that got the 3 nothing lead, essentially, into his starting unit. But I, I went back and looked at it. The kid who scored this incredible tying goal for St. Leo, I won't say his name because you know he ended up with not the best stats. I was like, okay, that kid, let's see what he actually did this year for St. Leo. No goals, no assists. So some of the just crazy fluky moments that happen and some of the many moments we were able to bring you on both of our channels. Like a 2018 volleyball match, we did not do any volleyball in the first year because the first year was just about making sure we were on the air and I hate to say doing the minimum, but football, basketball, and baseball were the only sports we were contracted to do broadcasts of. So soccer, softball, volleyball weren't on my radar yet. And then that changed in 2018. We actually had two volleyball matches broadcast, UCF being one. And the other just so happened to be the opener against San Jose State, whose coach was Joe Lee Shepardson. That audio is on my computer. Might even bring that back at some point. But a lot of it is going to end up being heard again. And in addition to some of the better old games that we haven't played in a while, we'll be able to do. We are also going to give you some more new games. Just this week, if you missed it, we had the 2011 win against UTEP for football that brought the football team that year to 4-0. And it's not just going to be football. I'm going to go back through, especially kind of motivated by yesterday, talking to Andrea Smith 
on Instagram Live. We definitely need to replay those games from that NCAA tournament. The win against Texas Tech and then the overtime loss to Cal, both incredibly thrilling games that we've replayed before, but we'll do again. And yes, Andrea Smith, who was the leading scorer on both the 2011, 2010-11, and 2012-13 team, she had torn her ACL in the middle year, was my first Instagram Live guest. Now, not on my Instagram page. If you go to mine, that's fine. It's amazing that I have 500 followers because I just don't post that much on Instagram. I'm more of a Twitter guy just because it gets me up to date on news a lot quicker. Instagram is more of a visual element, and even though I like posting photos and stuff, I'm I'm just not going to do choreographed videos. I'm not. But I also now have the chance to run on certain occasions the USF Women's Basketball page for the specific use of these live interviews. And yesterday was the first one. And not only is Andrea Smith, of course, a former leading scorer for the Bulls and was a big player, the leading scorer on the team that won for the first time in school history an NCAA tournament game. We talked about that. But she's also a police officer in Lakeland and recently went viral, as they say, by taking to school, so to speak, a young man who was trying to challenge her to a one-on-one basketball game. We get into all of that. You can go back and watch that video if you just go to the USF Women's Basketball Instagram page, USFWBB. Hopefully, if you missed it this time, as far as being part of it live, you can catch it next time. We will give you plenty of advance notice as to who the next women's basketball former standout we are interviewing and when you can check it out live. So yes, a live via video interview. Please ignore the red spot on my forehead. I've been dealing with some scaliness up there, but just focus on the bottom part of the screen. That's the part of the screen that had Andrea Smith. And again, it still lives on the women's basketball Instagram page. Said there were some changes to their roster, as it were, not the players roster in this case. Bryce Karasiak is back as the director of strength and conditioning for women's basketball, also over with golf. He was here for several years in that capacity, went off for the last couple years to be a part of his own fitness company and boy it was great to see already back working some of the new players Priscilla Williams and Sam Puisis getting to meet Bryce up close and personal and getting again not on court stuff but the weight room stuff which is just as important if you go to the USF women's basketball roster you can see Bryce's full resume he was with the Bulls again for a few seasons glad to have him back for sure also really cool to see this Justin Keller And I'm telling you, the guys and gals that are managers for all the teams do just incredible unsung, well, not by members of the team, but by most people work. And so awesome to see Justin Keller elevated to graduate assistant coach status. So he is still with the program. And also a new member, Molly Patmore, who was one of the managers for the Delaware Blue Hens women's basketball team. I am not familiar with Molly, but that'll change next week again when I'm able to come on campus and try and interview some of these new members of the squad, including a new graduate assistant. So the staff tweaked a little bit, but in two cases with Justin and Bryce, very familiar tweaks, so to speak. There's been no tweaking with Steve Walls. He has been a member of the USF Athletic Medical Staff for now more than 25 years, and he is nationally recognized. And let me tell you, I mean, I knew about how great he was already, but especially with his handling of the COVID-19 situation from a couple years back and straight through, 
you just see how much he knows and how he has it together. And not just me noticing that, the Athletic Trainers Association of Florida has announced that Steve Walls will be a member of its 2022 Hall of Fame, recognizing those who have supported the athletic training profession through the state. All nominees must be certified with at least 20 years of experience in the state of Florida. So, yeah, Steve Walls is kind of a no-brainer for that. Speaking of Hall of Fame type situations, hope you saw the tweet from Michael Kelly. Just the other night, Jose Fernandez, of course, women's basketball coach, and Allison Jolly were inducted into the Tampa Sports Club Hall of Fame, along with some other pretty recognizable names, Brad Johnson, Monty Kiffin, Darren Pupa, and Gail Sarens. That was certainly a special night. We had known that was coming, but it was officially done on Wednesday night. Going back to the last show on Monday, Mindy McCord, I'm telling you, if you don't have her as one of your people you follow on Twitter, you need to. In fact, thank you, Mindy. She tweeted this morning the link to we posted of course my interview with her onto our soundcloud page at coach mccord lax and boy she will just add her to the list of those that are members of the usf coaching staff that get you fired up get you inspired with some of the stuff they put out she's already in my pantheon up there with daniel deprada the special teams coordinator for the bulls football team of course and erica brennan of women's golf among many who are great follows again that's at coach mccord lax said we're going to have some new folks to interview on the women's basketball side both on the coaching staff and the roster how about on the men's side former player for the Bulls, Ryan Cardock averaged about six minutes a game in his two seasons back in 2008-09 and 9-10. Went on immediately to a coaching job. Has been at some pretty big Division One schools, including the University of Miami last year at a high school parish in Manatee County. And now is the director of player development for Brian Gregory's team. So I'm sure we'll run into Ryan here soon. We have a schedule announcement. You know, it's a tough time of year for those whose job it is to follow college basketball primarily. So anytime, for example, John Rothstein sees something, hears something about a game on anyone's schedule at the Division I level, he is going to tweet about it. Sources tell him that the USF Bulls are playing Charleston Southern this year. Actually, we know it's going to be in early December. I would actually direct you to D1 Docket if you're into that kind of thing. On Twitter, D1 Docket. That's all they do. They announce once they find out about games that are added to anyone's schedule. Verbal Commits is also pretty good at Verbal Commits when it comes to, well, you can guess you know, high school commits, but also all of the voluminous transfers that are being announced and sometimes not publicly. So there's a couple of hints for you. <laughs> Speaking of transfers in the portal, D1 Baseball, which does a phenomenal job covering that sport. I mean, phenomenal has updated its transfer portal tracker. There are, last check, more than 1,900. Now, baseball, of course, has more players, but nearly 2,000 in the transfer portal. So get used to some new names coming and going, not just here, but everywhere. Not a transfer, just an incoming freshman officially announced by Men's Golf and a highly rated one at that. Steve Bradley announced future bull Kennedy Campbell. He is fifth ranked as far as juniors in the state of Florida. He is out of St. Augustine. Coach Bradley says that Campbell Kennedy has grown a lot both physically and in his golf game the last few years. He has competed at a high level with strong results on tough courses. Of course, the USF men's golf team just finished up. Overall, a very solid season, making it to the NCAA Finals in Scottsdale, Arizona, even though they did not perform up to their standards out there getting there. 
similar to the individuals from track and field. If you're one of the best 24, in this case 30 in the country, you're having a good year. And while I'm thinking of it, similar to the Georgina Cork stack of career records, Alvin Bergstrom is the equivalent for the men's golf program, including, you know, owner of the lowest scoring average in school history. He was officially named an honorable mention All-American by Ping earlier this week. We are playing a new promo for it throughout the course of the channel, but I definitely wanted to mention it here personally just to stress how incredible of a deal I think it is. If I told you you could get a season ticket to the USF women's basketball program for just $50, you would jump on it. If I told you that you could get a season ticket for all four ticketed women's sports at USF, meaning basketball and soccer and softball and volleyball, for a total of $50, you would think I was kidding. I am not. That is the special deal just for the month of June as the 50th year of Title IX is being celebrated and observed. Yes, 50th year, $50 season ticket for all of those four sports combined. Yeah, call 1-800-GO-BULLS and don't dilly-dally when it comes to that. Again, it's good just for the month of June. Nothing like that will be available when June is done. That is going to be it for the show. Keep those horns up this weekend. Thank you for listening. Great to be back. And again, all the nasalness hopefully will be out of my voice next week. And we'll be back on campus interviewing more folks in person for this here show. We love doing it for you. Got a good variety of stuff planned for you this weekend on the channel. Again, with Bulls Unlimited 2 just being the home for Bulls Beat early afternoons. And nothing else, quote unquote, live until we get to the play-by-play portion of things we are going to whereas in the past we used to kind of keep it delineated bulls unlimited would do football classics and then we'd have more of the last season's events on bulls unlimited too it's going to be a combination on bulls unlimited for example on this friday for those who weren't listening at midnight on friday morning we're going to throw in that 2007 ucf football game but then we're going to give you some of the best baseball games from this year and then friday night oh yeah What happened a year ago? That would be game one of the Super Regional in Austin, Texas. That was pretty memorable. And again, we'll mix things up a lot this weekend. And it's easy to get the full schedule. Just go to our Twitter page at Bulls Unlimited anytime. Thanks for listening. I'm Derek Sharp. You've been listening to Bulls Beat on Unlimited Unloaded.